Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. Recently, Wedgwood hosted our annual State of the Child panel conversation, an event that brings together local teens and community experts to dive into the toughest challenges facing kids and families today. Topics covered at this year's event include mental health, trauma, substance use, life online, and healthy relationships. Each topic was kicked off with a pre-recorded interview with local teens. Then, our panel of experts, moderated by ABC4 West Michigan's Miranda, responded to the teens' honest insights and shared their expertise. This year's panel of experts included Dr. Lisa Lowry, who is the Section Chief for Adolescent and Young Adult Medicine at Spectrum Health, Kaylee Jackson, a residential therapist here at Wedgwood, Chris Becker, the Kent County Prosecuting Attorney, Carrie Schulte, who is a Recovery Services Clinical Supervisor here at Wedgwood, and Kevin Polston, who is the Superintendent for Kentwood Public Schools. So much of our society functions online. Social media is a huge part of the lives of students, and it can have a big impact. In today's Coffee Break Conversation, our teens and experts talk about life online. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I love social media. I love scrolling through TikTok, scrolling through Instagram, like looking at everyone's like Snapchat things. But at the same time, like that's where half of the drama starts. Sometimes online is just like this fake image of people and you're like, is that really? Like I had a friend and like I love her to death, but today she's like, yeah, I took down my Instagram post. I'm like, you posted it two days ago. She's like, yeah, I don't know. Just didn't get enough likes. Like. I, sometimes stuff like that, it's like, well, you can't really trust somebody based on online because it switches like that, so like crazy. I feel like social media is part of the reason why there's so much stress and anxiety. I myself think of social media as like a gateway to, to bring yourself down. Like I understand social media can be used to like boost your online presence, you know, gain some popularity, gain a name for yourself in these days. But I try to stay away from it because if I see someone who's enjoying themselves way more than I am, I'm definitely going to get down. I'm definitely going to crack down myself say, why am I not enjoying myself? What, can, what am I supposed to do? How do I get my life like this? It doesn't really affect me personally unless, like, you know, there's someone on the other side who's being really, like, toxic. You know, that, that can st- stimulate some anger. It's just... There's multiple different ways that it can be harmful. You're given unrestricted internet access. Anyone with like an email account can just make their own social media account. And they DM you, they talk to you directly, privately. You don't know what's going on in those conversations. You don't know who's doing what, what's exactly happening. So I could live without social media. Most of my friends are at school anyway. I don't really make online friends. I don't really like, I don't like online friends. Like, you don't have that in-person interaction. So I feel like I'd be perfectly fine. Most of my friends are at my school anyway, so I just see them all the days of the week. Our attention spans are really short, so it's like these, like, max three-minute videos. Like, you never see a three-minute TikTok, but it's like 15 seconds to a minute, and you could just scroll and scroll. You see something you don't like, that's fine. Scroll, something else. And the app, like, 
there's an algorithm and it'll like shift according to what you're actually watching, which is like nice because then it keeps you interesting and it really hooks you in. I think some parents overreact when it comes to because all parents hear about is the bad stuff. You don't need to be real famous already to get famous. It's not like YouTube where you have to start off, you know, like you'd have to start way back. On TikTok, you can just create an account, you know, maybe get in contact with some people. And if you have the money, you can sponsor your videos, which will then get more people to view them. And boom, you can make money off of this. So I'm going to start with you, Kevin. How is social media impacting the hallways of our schools here in West Michigan? Yeah, so I want to make a parallel to you know, driving a car. Um, auto accidents are the leading cause of death for teenagers, yet we still have kids driving cars, but how do we do it? You know, they get courses, they get training with an adult in the car for a permit, and then they can't have kids in the car at night as they you know, ramp up to independence. But with a, a phone, we give kids a phone without any training, without any you know, restrictions, and, and here you go and figure it out. And so how do we kind of use some of those parallels for what we know works, you know, such as a gradual release with, with social media? Because the way that, you know, the apps are designed are they're, they're meant to target parts of the brain that get kids excited and that release dopamine. And so then there's this cycle to try to keep it going. And so how does that impact school? As well, I'd say the overwhelming majority of it happens outside of school. It, it certainly pours its way inside of school, whether there's comments or whether there's um, you didn't like or you shared something that you weren't supposed to that was just between us and, and it manifests itself in the relationships. You know, but again, the, the answer isn't take it away. The answer is how do we help kids navigate you know, when those things happen and how do we you know, promote positive behaviors? And let's be honest, adults, uh, is our Facebook page you know, like reality for us? You know? And so we expect different from our kids and what you guys see from your friends and neighbors. I, I, you know, I don't think that's the case. It's more of a symptom of our society that manifests itself in children. So again, it's about teaching and educating uh, how we can use the tools that are a resource, but also when there's problems, how do we navigate that? versus just have conflict or withdraw or then go into other coping mechanisms. So Kaylee, how does it mess with our mind? Absolutely. I think that social media is one of the biggest caveats to our self-esteem as we're growing up as youth. It can either help it when we're posting a picture and we get the feedback we desire, we're getting likes, we're getting comments, people are asking us questions, or it can really damage our self-esteem. We post a photo and we don't get enough likes. We see someone else posted within the same hour and they got a certain amount of likes or, or comments and now you're changing your whole appearance to mimic what that person did to get those likes. Um, I think also with social media, the hard part about it is we are creating this false reality and so it's very easy for us to get lost in the sauce we're just making up new things and we're hoping that people catch on and find that to be our new personality and we're just lying to ourselves and how does it impact our behavior from what you've seen Carrie um, yeah, I think it normalizes a lot of things that they wouldn't other see otherwise see so they're seeing kids drinking they're seeing kids stealing medicine from medicine cabinets you know like there's that's it's normalizing everything and so it's in their faces it's constant it's everybody else is doing this because this is all that i'm seeing um and so i think that yeah it's it's definitely always in kids faces because they're on their phones all the time and so they 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, if I could jump in in terms of normalizing, I mean, I love Facebook because they're in, in social media because they post everything, committing crimes. I mean, they're videotaping themselves, you know, breaking into cars. And I'm like, yeah, we get, we, all, our, all our great investigations are pulling cell phones and, and posts on media because they're putting everything out there. And they have no qualms about posting themselves with guns and everything like that. So in, in one sense, it's kind of great for us because it makes our crimes a lot easier to solve. But on the other hand, probably for you, I've seen a lot of cases where the, the stuff that maybe ended in school between two parties going back and forth are now carried over on the text fights or the social media posts going back and forth outside of school that leads to fights or you know who knows what uh, coming back into school or, or, or leading down the road somewhere you know off campus yeah yeah so coming back to school this fall for some kids they hadn't been in school for a year and a half and there has been lots of connection over social media so there was some scores to settle uh, last fall as kids came back uh, which wasn't uh, which wasn't healthy um, for us, but it does spill over. Um, but at the same time, schools can't be the social media police for, you know, I, I get calls at nine, 10 o'clock at night, like, Hey, there's this concerning behavior. You know, we can't, we can't take care of that. But, but one of the things that I do want us to think about is, you know, things like uh, entrepreneurship or things that we do value in our society. And, you know, kids are monetizing their use of social media. And, and so it's, it's in the teens um, of percentage of kids that are making money off of social media. The number I saw was 86% of kids want to, but, you know, about 15 to 20% are making money on it. So, you know, it's, again, how can we look at some, a tool for the positive attributes that it may help a kid um, and try to mitigate some of the negative components? I think, too, that social media um, gets a really bad rap and that it can also have some beautiful aspects to it um, because students are able to be whoever they want to be on social media and they don't have to hide behind you know like being judged out in the open and so they can just present who they want to be and it is what they are and they're under a, a hashtag or a username and um, that is a lot of freedom and it can be really healing for students but I think it also is on the flip side it, they can hide behind it and so it creates a lot of isolation and it also um, allows um, space for bullying because their name isn't attached to it always and so I think there's both good and bad to social media. I really like that you added that Carrie because I think about social media as a tool through COVID right now and just being able to have access to our support networks that were once taken away from us. We're having uh, virtual meetings for groups or virtual therapy sessions. Having more of that access to make us feel nor more normalized and then that also then in turn helps our self-esteem. We're not feeling so isolated and alone in a pandemic that is already so lonely. Yeah, so I think balance and healthy boundaries are key in terms of social media. I want to pick up on a little something Kevin said. Um, for the first time, if I go into a fifth grade classroom and we're just chatting and I'll say to students, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Used to be a huge array of things kids would say. 90% of the kids want to be YouTubers, gamers, or TikTokers. And that's who we want to be when we grow up. Dr. Lowry, is that a good thing to aspire to, a bad thing? I mean, you can make millions by posting stupid videos. <laughs> and people love it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like everything. It's in what everything the the panelists have said. It's a tool, and so also so if you're going to make millions of dollars, but you can't read the contract, then just like if you want to be a NBA ball player, but you can't read the contract, you know. Um, I, I so I always say be smart about it, and I know some young people that have been very smart about it, and they're. You know, there's a young man who's a basketball player, and he has, like, almost 2 million followers on TikTok. And so if his 
basketball career doesn't take off. He's, he's kind of set. But that's a minority. And so also remember what you post is there forever. So I like to have the conversation. Okay, that's great. But, you know, what else are you going to do with your life? And so I, I agree with everything the panelists said, but also just being, just being safe about it and, and, and knowing, trying to know who you're engaging with. And so um, that's the biggest conversation I try to have with my patients. And then, Chris, what are you seeing as far as predators? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing in terms of predators. There are all kinds of people out there from it's, and, and that's the thing. We don't have a whole lot of things we can do from our office because they're off, off, you know, off country. Um, there, we had just had a case right now that they're from China. They could trace it to an entity in China that were asking uh, for naked photos for 11-year-old girls. Uh, so it, it becomes very difficult and then going to, you know, things are out there forever, but the, you've got to be able to educate your kids in terms of who you're posting to, what you're posting, and because you don't know, it could be, you know, the... the Chinese entity posed as like another 15 year old girl and they got you know built that trust built the relationship and then started exchanging those photos and that becomes the problem thing is then okay it turns over to us well whoever did it's in China so that makes it very difficult uh, we can do stuff peer-to-peer we're just seeing a lot of that peer-to-peer stuff and we have a juvenile sexting program where we kind of divert uh, these kids trying to get them you know training on good social media practices and what's out there so if it's locally and, and kids amongst kids we can do something but the scary thing is the the outside entities we don't have a whole lot of control over the reality is that kids live much of their lives online it can bring good things like the ability to be yourself and connect with a community across the world that shares similar interests and values but it can also bring many negative things if not used or monitored well. Open discourse with kids about how they are utilizing social media and what they are posting and consuming online can help mediate the risks to their mental and physical well-being. How they live their lives online can also play out in their real-world relationships. Join us next week as our teens and panelists talk about relationships. Special thanks to our Teen Charge students, our panel of experts, Miranda, Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park, Lumbermans, and our event sponsors for making this series possible. Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org, that's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org, to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS or send us an email at hello at Wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.